Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross, and we're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them in person. Learn more about them online, pearlriverresort.com. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Learn more about them online at ceasefire.com slash business. Good afternoon, my friends. So uh, the Christmas party, you guys are both really excited about the Christmas party on the show yesterday. For good reason. How was it? It was great. We had a great time. It met the expectations for sure. So I, I realize sometimes, you know, who we work with and for. Like, I've been talking to my friends about their company Christmas parties and stuff, and all of them are like, ah, oh, it kind of sucks. Like, I'm not looking forward to it. I had a great time last night with a bunch of really, like, fun great. and interesting people. It's like, I, I guess I lucked out with where I work because you guys sound miserable. I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Great to see everybody from across the state. Uh, Good food, good company. Will East was there too, so I mean, you have that problem. But other than that, it was great. Gary dressed up and looked. I mean, Gary cleans up. Dapper, man. He was very dapper. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, like hair slicked back or yeah, man. Yeah, had a sports coat on. He was looking good. There you go. Uh, I have both photographic and video evidence, Ed, that you did indeed have a good time. (laughs) I had a good time. (laughs) I'll tell you. I love that you guys just like kept sending me pictures and videos, and I don't know if that was like you're missing out or we're just, I just wanted you to see. I wanted you to see what was happening mostly. Yeah. We missed yeah. you. Yeah. Most people How, like, where's uh, Richard? Like, uh, not there. Oh, uh, nobody asked. Literally, the first. No, I swear, I'm not kidding. The <laughs> no, first thing that the first person I talked to last night said to me was, "Where's Richard? Wait, of course he's not here. I swear." Yeah. If somebody heard the joke, they heard. No way they didn't. Had to have been. Had to have been. Well, glad everybody had a good time, and uh, kudos to uh, to our bosses for throwing a great party. It's a great party. 
And then uh, I need to give a shout-out, too. Okay. Uh, he, he told me not to say his name, but I'm going to tell the story anyway. So I, I was uh, Maverick and I were on our morning run, and a, a dog ha- had gotten out and chased after us. But it was the kind of dog that clearly was like, oh, hey, new best friends. Like, very nice dog that just happened to get out and was running towards us. Okay. Uh, a lab of some kind. That doesn't matter. Nice dog. And the owner... Like, it, it hit him that the dog was running after us. So he came out, and, and we talked for a second because our dogs liked each other and stuff. And turns out he's a listener of the show. And he said, don't tell anybody I said this. He's like, because I'm a state guy, and I love Brian Haydad. He said, don't get me wrong. He's like, but don't tell anybody I said this. I really like that Richard Cross. <laughs> hey, I like your neighbor. So I'm like not going to say your name, but... yeah. I, I had to tell well, the thank entire you, Fred. state that Fred, I appreciate that very much. It's kind of you to say that. I mean, you know, we all put up with Brian Haydad. We all like him, but you know, it's kind of like, yes, we like him, comma, but yeah, fill in the blank. But so, yeah, the Portnoy butt. Yes, I know yeah, all about he, it. He said he was. Uh, he didn't use this phrase, uh, but he said he was an OG. So he had been listening to Richard Cross on the radio since Richard Cross joined Super Talk. So it's been a minute. It's been oh, well. Did did uh, did you guys commiserate on neighborhood shenanigans that you occasionally discuss on the air? I don't think so. I mean, you occasionally discuss issues that you have with. Oh, your... see, oh, you got to be see, careful. I, okay, about this. sorry, I didn't know. No, no. So he's on. He's like two miles away from my house. So calling him a neighbor. Is he didn't not know really what commiserate me. Yeah, I, I didn't know what you happened. were asking me. That that was. I just. I didn't want to answer incorrectly. That's what occurred right there. Uh, but no, he he's like two miles away. Just it's a a very large neighborhood, and so like I I don't even know if I'd call him a neighbor. We just live in the same neighborhood, but. Uh, no, I, I'm still looking for like my down the street drinking buddy in the neighborhood. He's just too far. You got to get in the car or like exercise to go see for us to go see each other. So I don't think that counts. Okay, that's fair. Um, we got a bunch of stuff to get to this afternoon. Uh, we got fun stuff to get to this afternoon. Mississippi State has hired a defensive coordinator. Hey, Dad, fill us in. I don't have a lot to fill on this guy. I, I know his name. I know his name is Coleman Hut Hutzler. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are pronouncing uh, that. Been a, a guy who's been at a lot of good schools. Uh, he was at Alabama pre, uh, this past season as the outside linebackers coach and special teams coordinator. He was a de- co-defensive coordinator at Texas in 2020. He was at Ole Miss with Jeff Levy. He was special teams coordinator for the Rebels there. Also, he's coached at Boston College and at Florida and at South Carolina. So he's been around. Um, but this is his first. If he is indeed the defensive coordinator by himself, this will be his first time doing that, right. which is interesting when you think about Levy's comments uh, at his first press conference about wanting to, basically saying he wanted to get an experienced defensive coordinator. And, yes, like I said, he was the co-defensive coordinator for Texas in 2020. But that's the limit of his defensive coordinating experience. So a very out-of-the-blue hire. This is not a guy that was getting a lot of, of talk on, on any message board or, or or hot list you would have for defensive coordinator. You know, there was a lot of focus, on, like we said, on DJ Durkin, on Tom Allen, uh, a few other names. But this is a guy, when, when Ross Dellinger tweeted this earlier today, I was just like, who? who who's his name? So, and then I immediately, this is, my, this is my favorite part, Richard. I, I, so the coaches at Alabama, right? 
So you reach out to your friends. Like I reached out to John Talty from Bama 24-7. I'm like, hey, what about this guy? He's like, never talk to him. <laughs> Great. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Nick Saban's policy on not letting assistant coaches is biting me right now. Well, may I fill in a couple of gaps for you? By all means. Um, do you remember when Ole Miss played Louisville in Atlanta on Labor Day night to open the 2021 season? Yeah. And Lane Kiffin um, had the the late positive test for the old vid and did not make the trip. Uh, Mm -hmm. He made Coleman Hutzler the acting head coach for that particular night. Um, I know being a defensive coordinator is different than being an acting head coach or a special teams coordinator or whatever else. But of the guys that were on that staff, and, and this was a couple of years ago when I was still with them for every game, and kind of not that I was ever close with anybody on staff or in the program. I, I knew lots of people, but I had a, a little little different vantage point, I felt like, at that point than, um, than I do now. And I liked the way that Coleman Hutzler operated. He he was a guy that looked to me like that's a future head coach. Will he be? I have no idea. I have no idea. But I liked the way that he carried himself. I liked the way that he interacted with players. I liked the way that he interacted with other people. He didn't seem to be a guy that got too high or too low. So from that standpoint, this feels like a really good addition to Jeff Levy's staff. But it is curious to hire someone who has never called a defensive play sheet before. Uh, And I understand co-defensive coordinator. We know how the the co-titles work, right? There's somebody that's in charge, and then the other guy gets a title so that they can pay him more money. Right. And I I don't even remember who the defensive coordinator was in 2020 at Texas. I I, I don't. doesn't matter. Um. We saw that at Ole Miss a couple years ago, right? DJ yeah. Durkin and Chris Partridge were co-defensive coordinators. It wasn't but one defensive coordinator on that staff, and it was it was DJ Durkin. Chris Ash, who uh, is the okay. former Rutgers coach, was the yeah. DC at Texas. He's the guy that looks exactly like uh, Andy Bernard from The Office. Okay. Oh, now I've got to Google him. So... Yeah. The, the staff composition it, at Mississippi State, is it full now? Is that everybody? Or are there still no, some? No, okay. they, they have not. I haven't seen anything really official or even really unofficial on secondary coaches. And, you know, I assume that uh, Hutzler will, will handle the linebackers. David Turner obviously is there for the, uh, the defensive backs, but cornerbacks and safeties. And... Uh, you know, special teams. We, they, they don't unless he's going. I don't think he's going to coordinate both. So they need a special teams coach. Yeah. So this staff composition at this point is it's a little interesting. There are a handful of guys from the previous staff that they decided to keep, and and maybe with good reason. Let, let's in fact let's just walk through the assistants that are on staff at this point. Let's do that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. 
and Super Talk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Magnolia trees at night, sparkling bright. Fields of cotton love, wintry white. When it's Christmas time in New Orleans. He's like, play for a while. A barefoot choir and prayer. Getting close. Yeah, Inside we three weeks. Mm-hmm. Louis the man. He, he, there's a song of his on the Wally soundtrack. Yeah. And we're watching Wally twice a day every day now. That's the only part of that movie that I still enjoy. Is when, when, when that song comes on. Oh, gosh. A, we all had that movie. Louis and Ella duet, is it? It's just him. I don't know the song, frankly. I just know that it's him. And every time it comes on, I'm like, yep, I can, I'm not miserable right now. It's, uh, it's pretty good. All right, so... Let's walk through State's coaching staff. And this isn't, like, I just want to talk about it. It's not even remotely a criticism. Coaches hire who they know. And the longer you've been in the business, the more relationships you have, and the more branches. uh, That's not even right, because I'm not not necessarily talking about head coaches. I'm talking about even assistant coaches. If you've worked lots of places and built relationships with lots of people – your network is bigger than it is if you've been a limited number of places. So the way Jeff Levy so far, and he's not done yet, has constructed this staff, carryovers from the previous staff, David Turner on the defensive line, Chad Bumpus working with wide receivers. Are there any other carryovers, or is it just those two? Those are the only two on-the-field carryovers. And then Greg Knox is in a new professional development program right. that, that they're kind of instituting. He, he, Jason Washington, and Gary Green are all holdovers okay. as far as support staff goes. Cody Kennedy is going to be the offensive line coach. He has most recently been on staff at Arkansas since 2021 uh, as the offensive line coach with the Razorbacks. And I'm teach him how to block right. Do what now? He's going to teach him how to block right. It's kind of the job, isn't it? Well, look at him. Who does he look like? You got a picture of him up? I don't have a picture. Oh, he's, he's not getting I mean, the I've reference. It's kind of a that, that no. you, you got to really be paying attention looks, to get that. He looks like Malcolm Reed. So, how to block like right? He could be his brother. How to block mm. right. Yeah. How to block right. That's what we're going with. Let's get to blocking. Check out nice. his website, how to BLCK or B. <laughs> right. BLK right. How to OL right. How to yeah. OL right. There you go. Uh, Let's, so get yeah, Cody blo- Let's get to blocking is a good thing. I might go with that. Uh, Anthony Tucker joins the staff. He mm-hmm. worked with Jeff Levy at UCF and was most mm-hmm. recently at Indiana, where he worked with wide receivers and was the co offensive coordinator. So. 
probably in a spot where he was looking for a new opportunity after Tom Allen was let go. You have yeah. John Cooper working with tight ends. He was the offensive line coach at North Texas most recently, and if you go back a couple of years, he was on staff with Levy at UCF. Um, Matt Holacek is the quarterback's coach. He has worked with quarterbacks under Jeff Levy for the last four years, the last two seasons at Oklahoma, the two years before that at Ole Miss. And then this is a, a loose tie. This feels to me like one of those, hey, I need a recommendation. Shaud Williams is the new head strength and conditioning coach. He was an assistant strength and conditioning coach at Oregon, where the head strength and conditioning coach is Wilson Love, who was with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and before that at UCF. So there would be a fairly long relationship with Wilson Love and I'm just kind of connecting the dots. I mean, that that feels like a phone call that would have been like, "Hey, who who do you recommend?" And Wilson was like, "Hey, I got a guy right here. This is this is who you need to go with." So, um, what do you think of the way the staff has come together so far? The the thing I like about the offensive staff is these are all guys that have worked with Levy in some form or fashion, or in Kennedy's case, you worked with Bryles, Kendall Bryles. So you know, sort of the same. Kind of, you know, the, the same, they're cousins of the same offense there. So, you know, with Barbe, they hired the whole staff before they hired Kevin Barbe. And so you asked him to install an offense with coaches that he wasn't familiar with. He didn't, he didn't hire those, he didn't bring those guys in with him. And more importantly, and they weren't familiar they, with him. The, exactly. There was no familiarity whatsoever. So for this, one thing I like about this, because there's certainly not a big name in there. I mean, I think the biggest name is Bumpus, as far as Mississippi State fans go. But these are all guys who have worked with Levy. They know the offense, so the the transition and the installation should be as seamless as possible from a coaching standpoint. How are State fans feeling about this, hey, Dad? I mean, based on people you've talked to, interaction you've seen, had online or whatever, because a lot of talk about, to your point a second ago, DJ Durkin or Tom Allen or some other mm-hmm. big experience names that have been out there, and then you're like, yeah, I mean, your reaction to Coleman Hutzler was, who? Yeah, never, never heard of the guy. Um, and I think there is some of that, especially when you, you know, like I said, Levy's comments sort of led you to believe they they wanted an experienced guy, a, a guy who had done this for many, many years before, um, and and so that that sort of goes away from that, you know. You also, when you hear things like Mrs. and this is something I've I've decided uh, I will not be buying this this particular uh, line anymore. But when I hear about oh they've increased the salary pool so they can get some big time assistance and it never happens. It just it just doesn't ever happen at Mississippi State for whatever reason. So they didn't do. I mean they may have increased the salary pool. These guys might make some good money, but none of these guys are like I said or what you would call a, a big hire or you know, they might that really you know gets people saying. Oh, okay. That guy's going to Mississippi State. That that's a big deal. So, you know, they still have to put this defensive staff together. They still got some work to do there. But defensively, I mean, I don't know. I it, it's really a complete unknown for me with with, with Coleman Hutz Coleman Hutzler. I gotta. That's gonna be difficult. Um, it is. I'm gonna start calling him Coach. He's Coach Hutz. There we go. Coach Hutz is. Uh, you know, he's got to put his staff together. But I mean. 
you're talking about a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience. You could really I've been saying for a long time and be like Sea Huts. Sea Huts. We can, we'll see how it goes. Uh, please, please don't. You know, I've been saying for a long time that that state. You know, it, it's better to lose if you're going to lose. Stop. Just just, just, just stop. Uh, it's better to lose 45-41 than it is to lose 14-10. to Might be trying to test that theory at Mississippi State these next couple of years. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of learning on the fly uh, for the, the two coordinators, if you want to call them that, this year at State. I mean, you, you've got a first-time head coach and a first-time defensive coordinator taking over a Mississippi State team that, that is going to have uh, some roster turnover. They're I mean, not to be a downer, but there is a chance that you're going to experience some growing pains in year one. I mean, that is entirely possible. I think very, very possible. What what you should look for is growth in year one, and not necessarily I results. Think, like if they don't go eight and four, you know, that, yeah. that's okay as long as you saw progress and and forward movement. That's what you didn't see from Arnett. That's why that became so dire. It's it never got any better, and it looked really, really bad. And not even inconsistent, consistently bad. And like they were in over their heads as a staff and a team. And you can go five and seven and not look like that and feel better about program direction, if that makes sense. You want it to look like Mullins' first year did at Mississippi State. I took over for Croom. Those teams were so offensively challenged. And then he came in. And even though they, 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 they lost games, you were like, okay. You can see that they're getting better. That once they get some talent in here, they'll be okay. That's what you kind of want from Levy in year one. Now his out of conference schedule is much easier than Mullins was year one, where he played two top twenty-five teams out of conference. So you know the the opportunity to maybe go six and six will be there, and get to a bowl game, which I think would be a fantastic year. You know, it, this isn't the, the '80s or the '90s where you know you talk about a rebuild and it's going to be you know it's a three four year process. You got to let the guy get his players in, and when they're juniors and seniors, you can be better. That's that's not the case anymore. With the portal, you know, a rebuild, a re, you can have a, a down year, and then by year two, you need to be up and running. That's what, I think year. This is the year one of a rebuild for Mississippi State. Well, we got a fun little message on the ceasefire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine. Is it really fun? Are you is the really? Malden High School powder puff guy? No, Are that's you? me. Well, that's you. You know, hey, that's from me? Vicksburg, and you know where he went to high school. Um. I was the St. Aloysius High School Powder Puff, Powder Puff Homecoming Queen. Thank you very much. Oh. Well, see, I was the head yeah. coach. And, and juniors, they rigged the games to where the junior girls couldn't beat the senior girls. Guess whose junior girls beat the seniors for the first time in school history? That's right, mine. So, Jeff Levy can't say that. I got fired You're from right. being the Packers flag football coach after one year, but it was great because the Giants hired me this year, and the uh, the 11, 10, 10, 11 year old Giants had a pretty darn good season this season in uh, in local flag football. There you go. So I mean, we have was, coached before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll get to the message when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi.
moon is right. The spirits up. I'm just gonna let it go. We're here tonight. It's catchy. There are a lot of people that hate this song. Uh, oh, I understand that, but it's still catchy. It's very catchy. All I want for Christmas is yet to make its debut on uh, Sports Talk Mississippi this year, has it? It, it did on Friday. Uh, y- you weren't here. You weren't here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I feel. So I got Whamageddon yesterday at the uh, at the Super Talk Studio. I was I was very sad about that. Only made you it to the what? fifth. You got what? Whamageddon. Whamageddon. What is that? That's that's when the month of December starts. You see how far you can get in without hearing Last Christmas. Oh. Uh. I, I heard it. It was they were playing it yesterday when I was in the I was in the uh, the building. I was like, dang it. Better than the okay. Chipmunks. Uh, I mean, I'm not a yeah, violent yeah. person. I haven't been in a it's fight since like, time of yeah, year. since like 2011. I'm, I'm not a violent guy. When I hear the Chipmunks but, Christmas song, I want to commit what? acts of violence. We, we got a lot of that today. It's like I'm not, but a lot of a lot of but. Like it makes me today. want to hurt people. That, that song is the worst. Hey, Ned, trivia. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. The active leader in wins in men's college basketball announced his retirement today. Assuming you haven't already seen this news, who is the active leader in wins in men's college basketball as of today, prior to the announcement? I mean, it's got to be somebody from like a small school. It can't be. It you is. Know, it's not like Patino or, or something like that. No. So, uh, I don't know. Spent some time coaching in the SEC. Not currently, but previously. Wimp Sanderson? No, it can't be Wimp. Wimp Sanderson did not retire from a head basketball coaching job today. He did not. Okay. You're in the right general area, but no, not Wimp Sanderson. Cliff Ellis? Cliff Ellis. Oh. Announced his retirement. Where is he coaching now? From Coastal Carolina. Oh, okay. Earlier today. And so Cliff Ellis had... 900, I lost it, 931 wins in his career. Wow. That's uh, that's a lot. So, with Cliff Ellis now out of the game, who is the active leader in wins among college basketball coaches? My first thought is Patino. That is not correct. Huh? Would you like another guess? Uh, <sighs> nah, go ahead. I can't. I, no, no one's. No one's just popping into my head. With seven hundred ninety-six career wins, John Calipari is the new active oh. wins leader in men's college basketball. Calipari has more wins than Patino. That is surprising. Yeah. Yeah. It really kind of is. But you also have to remember that Patino took a break for a while to the NBA. Yeah, and took a break for other reasons. And for other reasons as well. <laughs> Calipari, took a short, Calipari took a short break 
for the NBA, for the NBA. but not for other yeah. reasons. No, no, not the other reasons. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, there's that. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Um, so this was the message we were referencing before the break. You guys criticize coaches every day, and I don't think any of you have ever coached a single down. Maybe Hutzler is the one that Levy thinks he can work with. He is the head coach. And then we made jokes about powder puff and flag football and, and whatever else. Um, I don't know what we said today that was critical. And he says, because I asked him, I was like, curious what we said was critical. He said maybe critical was not the right word. I just want Levy to be given some slack. He has not been a head coach, but he didn't just fall off the turnip truck. I think he understands that every move he makes will be put under a microscope. I would like to see everyone give him the benefit of the doubt until he has a product to show. Yeah. Now change the word Levy to the word Arnett. Like, Everything Arnett did was scrutinized, and and you know he didn't just fall off the turnip truck and and things of that nature. But how did it work out? You know there there is something to be said for the fact that there's not a lot of ex, of, of experience on this staff, it, or a, a, I should say, SEC experience. Uh, I mean, you got Kennedy, you got Hol, uh, Hutz, Coach Hutz, uh, you know, but that, Turner. But you know, by and large, these are some newcomers. They're they're not a big name in there. The defensive coordinator has never really done it on his own before, so it, it, you're, it's fair to question it. This may not be popular. Take, it, take the really qualifier out of there. Not never really done it on his own. He has never yeah. done it on his own. He yeah. has never been a defensive yeah. coordinator and certainly has not ever been a defensive coordinator at the SEC level. No, and right. we got asked earlier about the co-DC thing again. That was in title only. I mean, Chris Ash was a championship-winning D.C. at Ohio State, took a head coaching job, didn't work, went right back to being a D.C. He didn't split play-calling duties. That's not how that goes. Um, It may not be popular, though, and I know that when it comes to his peers, he doesn't make a whole lot of money, but Jeff Lubby's getting paid $4.5 million. I think overly uh, scrutinizing basically every move that he makes just comes with the territory. It's what happens when you command a salary that much. It's the expectations and the details are going to be looked at under a microscope. That is what happens in SEC football. That's what we should do. And if it works, we praise. And if it doesn't, we don't. Yeah. And the fact that we're simply discussing the new head coach that is putting together a staff at Mississippi State beyond just reading a press release to you is, uh, one, it's expected, and two, it's fair, and I don't think anybody's been critical, per se, of anything that has happened since Jeff Levy has has been hired. In fact, we got a message a second ago that said, um, Richard likes the hire, uh-oh, we're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> this is phenomenal. Uh. Everybody that's come in is great. I hope they stay forever. Um, no, the, the reason, look, the reason I talked positively about Coleman Hutzler is because I had a relatively positive experience with him. 
And I don't pretend to know him well at all. I just kind of was around him some. And I thought he was an impressive guy. I liked Jeff Levy. I did not know Jeff Levy well. We probably had, over the course of the two years that he was at Ole Miss, in in terms of conversations that lasted more than 90 seconds, maybe four or five, my guess is Jeff Levy couldn't pick me out of a lineup and doesn't know me, and that's fine. But I thought the job that he did when he was at Ole Miss was good. The only thing to me that, that's interesting is kind of the – but I qualified this before we said it the first time is you hire from what you know. You hire from your network and based on recommendations from people that you trust. And the staff with Levy on it consists of guys that he has worked with or worked under. There are a bunch of old Miss ties that are there. And there are a bunch of carryovers from the previous staff at Mississippi State. Now, was that because he was encouraged to do that? Was he told to do that? Did he just sit down and have conversations with everybody? Like, these are the guys I'm impressed with. Let's keep them on board. Was it for recruiting continuity? Is there a genuine relationship there? Was there a chemistry there? Did they hit it off right off the bat? I I don't know. I don't know the answer to any of those questions. I do think it's a little rare that you have three holdovers from a previous staff. I guess it's two on-field coaches that are holdovers. And that may not be rare. I mean, usually I guess one or two, depending on what the situation was. Well, Kiffin would have kept two. Derek Nix and who else? Do you remember? Uh, Derek Nix has been a holdover on every staff for the last 322 head coaches. <laughs> Derek Nix is going this. nowhere. So he's not going anywhere. Um, what, yeah. You talk about a great guy. Oh, what a great guy. Um, was there another? He's going to get his shot one day, too. He is. He should. He should. There are people that think it's long overdue. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember Bork or Haydad any other holdovers. There, there may very well yeah. have been another, but um, somebody said Matt Luke. No, Matt Luke not would, would not have been a holdover from the no. previous staff to Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I think that would have been hard to do. Unless he that was coaching from the in, Bahamas. Yeah, I mean, that would have gone back into the, hey, is Zach Arnett going to be the defensive coordinator conversation? Yeah. The answer is, is no. Yeah. It's still no. We'll be back. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland Gone away is the bluebird Here to stay is a new bird Hey, Dad, is there a rumor that Memphis's defensive coordinator is coming to join the staff at Mississippi State? We've had multiple questions uh, about the Memphis defensive coordinator. I've seen it on, I've seen it on message boards, but I, I don't have any information on that, no. 
may I advise against? Yeah, yeah, that's not a good defensive team. I would hope not. Defense wasn't great. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with a piece of cardboard? Has he been I let haven't. go at Memphis? That's his personality. Uh, I don't know. Because I looked him up, and on the Go Tigers Go website, Memphis's Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. Memphis's uh, website, you click the link to their defense coordinator, and it says no information available. He has been scrubbed from their site. Hmm. Wasn't Matt Barnes the bad guy in Karate Kid 3? Mike uh, Barnes. He was Mike. According to two hours ago, the Daily Memphian headline says Tigers defensive coordinator Matt Barnes is leaving Memphis. Uh, been there two years. The rest of the story was behind a paywall. Yeah, I just, look, man, we talk to a lot of assistant coaches throughout the course. So, just inside baseball for saying, doing one of these TV games, we either meet with in person or have a Zoom call earlier in the week with almost every staff, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, even coaches that have their coordinators off limits. In that setting, we still get an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. And sometimes they're kind of like, kind of dry and you don't get a lot. But more times than not, especially if you've done a game for a team more than once and you didn't burn somebody, you get pretty good information from the coordinators. And, and there's good stuff there. Matt Barnes was one of those guys who used a lot of words to say absolutely nothing. And my, my TV partner asked him a question like, hey, where, where do you want to see you know improvement week over week? Just a very, very basic. Well, you know, we got to tackle better, and if you're going to tackle better, that means you got to wrap up and get people to the ground. Oh, thanks. Appreciate your time. We're good. That's, that's we're, we're good. Just, we're, we, thanks. Thanks. We got all we need, pal. Sorry to good, good, uh, good stuff, Chief. Sorry to pile on here, State fans. Uh, this year, Memphis gave up 421 yards per game and Wait, 29 we, points per game. Why are you piling? Do, do we think he's going to Mississippi State? In case that does happen, without official confirmation, just to respond to the texters about that. Um, here's a little background. They had six games this year allowing more than 30 points. Their yards per game was ranked 110th. Total defense was 90th. Dude, they gave up 300 on the ground to Charlotte, who was going with the third string running back who had one carry in his career for four yards. Their one positive mark was uh, they forced 20 turnovers this season. That's a, like, top 18 Margin. Yeah, one tenth and yards, ninetieth in scoring is, defense. Is this an internet rumor, or do we think this is happening? So when I googled it, Bluff City Media, which you know, don't know if it's real or not, headline: Matt Barnes hired as Mississippi State co-defensive coordinator. Oh, well, okay. Footballscoop.com first reported according to this. There you go, hey Dad. That's your boys. You know it. Love those guys. Well, okay then. 
Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I mean, look, I can't back up on anything I said in the same way that I, I I couldn't have backed up on Mike Bobo if State had hired Mike Bobo as the offensive coordinator. And I guess you know, right. full you know, eat some shoe leather or whatever. Mike Bobo did a pretty good job with the Georgia offense this year. Pretty good pieces with which to work, yeah. but nevertheless. So maybe I'm wrong. All right. I mean, that we had the texter earlier that sent in a message that said, "Oh, uh, here it is. If Richard's li- if Richard likes the hire, that seals it. We're doomed." Well, if you believe that, on the one hand. Hopefully you believe the inverse if Richard doesn't. Man. I, I I guess we'll I guess we'll see. Um we get a message on the ceasefire text line. This is chess by Levy when others are playing checkers. You put a horrendous defense out there and give up huge points, and that's how you motivate your offense to score. Pending confirmation, of course. Um, I'm reading where he's going to coach safeties, and you can quit calling him chief. Okay, pal. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV, of course, on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week, the 6th of December. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. That's pearlriverresort.com. Ceasefire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Connect and protect. That is the uh, the plan from Ceasefire that makes the most sense if you're a parent with children. Phone your kids want with easy-to-use parental controls for you and just $30 a month with auto pay. Learn more at ceasefire.com. Ceasefire customer inspired. So, it's award season. And the 2023 Alabama Football Awards were announced earlier. I'm sorry, SEC Football Awards were announced earlier today. Just feels like the Alabama Football Awards. The SEC's Offensive Player of the Year, no shock here, Jaden Daniels from LSU. SEC Defensive Player of the Year is Dallas Turner from Alabama. Hold that thought. We're coming back to that. Special Teams Player of the Year is Alabama's Will Reichard, their kicker. SEC Freshman of the Year, Alabama's Caleb Downs. That's it for the Alabama guys uh, in the of the year categories. Scholar-athlete Brady Cook from Missouri. The blocking trophy went to Cedric Van Pran from Georgia. And Coach of the Year goes to Eli Drinkwitz from Missouri. 
What do you guys think about that before we continue? You want to do coach first or defense first? Coach, just quick thought on that. We don't have to like overanalyze coach of the year, but it's, um, it's, it's probably the right call. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue with it. I think you very easily, very easily could have made the argument for Nick Saban. I think he did maybe his best coaching job ever. And, I mean, I guess you could give it to Nick Saban every year if you wanted to. Uh, if if you're going to give it to Eli Drinkwitz, you just as easily could give it to Lane Kiffin. Anybody else? That's it, right? That's it, yeah. I mean, I mean smart. Kirby, no. If he had... Stoops, not winning the no. conference took him out. Yeah. No, Stoops now. Uh Brian Kelly, no. Hey, hey, Dad. Yeah. Hey. The uh the, the signer of your paychecks wants to know what he's supposed to do with all the pictures of you uh last night if he should put them on Facebook or YouTube or do whatever he wants well, no, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey Dad says he's not ashamed. Not ashamed. Not ashamed. I had a good time. Yeah. Brought a little so, yeah. life. Yeah, that, no, no real qualm with um, with Eli Drinkwitz being the SEC Coach of the Year. No, no. Who and they went they went for? ten and two and finished in the top ten. Drinkwitz, you would have Drinkwitz or Saban. I probably would have. I probably would have gone Drinkwitz. What? Just because you hate Lane Kiffin, or like, is there another reason? Well, I, I did not have any kind of expectations for uh, for Missouri this year, and they won ten games. You thought Ole Miss was going seven and five, and they won ten games. I mean, you're not wrong, but I, I think Missouri. I I would have probably pegged Missouri at like five and seven or something. Okay. So the lack of Ole Miss flavor on these teams, right? Here's a spin. If you want to spin it for Lane Kiffin, here was what it is: How many All SEC players did he have on an Access Bowl team? Two. Is that right? Both on the second team. Yeah, two on the second. So, so in theory, coach him up. Coached him up. We can go back to that in a second. We got to talk about this Dallas Turner thing. Yeah. Is Dallas Turner a good player? Yes. Is Dallas Turner probably a first round pick? Yeah. But the award is the Southeastern Conference Defensive Player of the Year, which makes me think that we are voting on who is the best defensive player in the SEC. By definition, that's exactly what it should be. Now, I suppose it's possible that the College Football Playoff Committee selected these awards, and stats don't matter. It's huh. just an eye test thing, and Dallas Turner passed the eye test more so than Buki Watson. I, maybe, maybe that's the deal. But if you are using numbers, there is not a number that you can point to where Dallas Turner exceeded the on-field performance of Nathaniel Buki Watson. Not one. Shout out to friend of the program, Robbie Falk, for putting these together. Uh, Watson had 87 more tackles than Dallas Turner this season. One and a half fewer tackles for loss. So, so there you go. One and a half fewer tackles for loss. He, uh, Watson had 13 to Turner's 14 and a half. Same number of sacks. Watson had an interception and three pass breakups. Turner had no interceptions, one pass breakup. Watson recovered two fumbles. Turner none. Watson forced three. Turner two. In SEC play alone, 
Watson had 89 tackles, 7.5 TFLs, and 5.5 sacks in SEC play alone. I mean, thought it was pretty obvious and easy answer there, but apparently pretty clear. not. Pr- pretty clear. You would have thought. You would have thought. Is this simply a fact that one team was really good and won it all and the other didn't? Yeah. I mean, it I doesn't think so. really feel like that should factor into the award. N- not at all. Because if, if that was the case, then Jalen Milrow or Carson Beck should be your first team quarterback, not Jaden Daniels. Right. Jaden Daniels' numbers were as much better than whoever the number two quarterback was in the SEC as Buki Watson's numbers were to Dallas Turner or anybody else you thought you might want to give the award. That just doesn't make sense. So he points out, Turner had an extra game as well. He played in 13 games to get those same stats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a swing and a miss on that front. So who decides this? Um It's a good question. It's coaches, isn't it? But this is the coaches one. The eight because the AP one came out yeah, uh, earlier this week and Buki Watson was the SEC defensive player of the week the year. Yeah, yeah. This is the this is the SEC coaches awards. In the same way that yesterday we got the SEC, the all-SEC teams. almost did have one first-team player. Quinchon Judkins was one of the first-team running backs. Rightfully so. So it was Jaden Daniels on offense, Cody Schrader and Quinchon Judkins, the running backs. The wide receivers were Malik Neighbors and Luther Burden. Brock Bowers, the tight end, the offensive line. J.C. Latham from Bama, Javon Foster from Missouri, Will Campbell from LSU, Tate Ratledge from Georgia, Cedric Van Pran from Georgia as well. I bet both Cody Strader and Quinshawn Judkins would like to run behind that offensive line. Yeah, you Ooh. think? Goodness, there there are some there are some future pros in that group. Anaya Smith from A and M, the all-purpose player. I don't think I have a single qualm with anybody on that first-team offense. First-team defense on the line: Darius Robinson from Missouri, James Pierce from Tennessee, Justin. Iboig, say his last name, Iboigby. Ibo Igby. Uh, maybe it's Ibo yeah. Igby from Alabama. Anyway. Him. And, yeah, and Landon Jackson from Arkansas. The linebackers, Edron Cooper from AM, Dallas Turner from Bama, uh, Buki Watson from State. The defensive backs, it's a pretty good group here, too. Kool Aid McKinstry from Bama, Malachi Starks from Georgia, Chris Abrams Drain from Missouri, Caleb Downs from Alabama. And Terry and Arnold from Alabama. Will Reichert was the place kicker. Matthew Hayball from Vanderbilt was the punter. He certainly had plenty of uh, opportunity to hone his craft. The return specialist was Anaya Smith from AM. Kickoff specialist was Cam Little from Arkansas. And they had Co Long Snapper. I'm, I mean, how do you give a Long Snapper of the Year award? You guess. I, I can't. I, there, there's analytics, you know. You just you just look at the analytics. I guess average snap speed, things like okay. that. Okay. Uh, was there anybody? Let's see. Second team that stands out. Carson Beck was the quarterback. Yeah. Is that the right answer for second team All SEC quarterback? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
Your other two yeah, options I mean, yeah. would have been – well, I guess you'd have three other options. Jalen Milrow, Brady yeah. Cook, Jackson Dart would probably be your other three options that you could yes. go to. Yeah. Ray Davis and Jarquez Hunter, the running backs. Brian Thomas from LSU. Xavier, uh, Xavier Leggett from South Carolina, the wide receivers. That's two good ones. Caden Priestcorn, second team tight end. Was Jet Johnson a second team linebacker? He was not. He was not. Not really sure how you keep him off with his numbers either, but. Hmm. All right. So those are your all SEC teams. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you right after this. What we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on Super Talk Mississippi. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas and a happy new year. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. You can uh, join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. I feel like this is going to be like an evolving thing day over day over day. We got any portal news that we need to uh, that we need to work in today? Yeah, there's a, we got couple. a big name in the portal today. Who that? Rocket Sanders. That big name. Yeah, there's a lot of big names, but um, yeah. apparently that one stood out. Set to take a visit to South Carolina, which would give legitimacy to the talk about KJ Jefferson if he hits the portal. Also finding his way to South Carolina. Speaking of South Carolina, this is how much of a mess it all is. South Carolina is losing their quarterback to the draft, their leading rusher, and their leading wide receiver from uh, oh. from last year's team. So, yikes yeah, there. Juice, Juice Wells is in the portal. So, but, but Arkansas is going to be a mess. I, I mean, I know they hired Petrino, and their fans are now completely bought back in, but, man, and the, the, their problem is they haven't replaced talent with talent. And so maybe they've got a bunch of money, and they're going to start signing a bunch of dudes, and it's all going to be great. But right now, it looks a little dire up there. Yeah. They're not holding on to their best players. I mean, there's a chance that their best defensive player ends up at Ole Miss here soon. The linebacker, Chris Paul Jr., not related to the basketball player. Yeah. So what do we do with... With Rocket Sanders. Uh oh. 
Oh, Borky's not going to be able to use this clip on YouTube anymore. He hates it when I just randomly play music in the middle of it. Sorry. My bad. It's I fun. mean, if he's healthy, that's as good a running back as there is in college football. I mean, he's right there at the, at the very top. So you get that version, you know, the 2022 version of Rocket Sanders, that's a difference maker for, for anybody that can get him out of the portal. He and Quinchon Judkins were qu- clearly the two best running backs in the SEC a year ago. Quinchon Judkins took a little bit of a step back, I mean, at least in terms of production this year. And Rocket Sanders is a shell of himself. I mean, he was injured all season long, tried to come back, wasn't effective. This is a completely subjective question with no way to answer it. But culturally, who has a bigger issue right now? Arkansas or South Carolina? Ooh. That's a good question. Arkansas. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. I caught myself as soon as I said it. Uh, I think it's Arkansas. Who did you say, Borky? I think I agree. I think I agree with you. They haven't had any ups. It's been all down there for a decade. They brought Petrino back. I mean, that's a that's a culture issue when you're like, we're so desperate to win that the guy we fired, because we all know why he got fired, we're going to bring him back to win. That's a culture issue. Why did he get fired again? Sorry. A lot of issues. Um, is one of those two fan bases, Arkansas fans are more restless, right? Yes. I think, I guess Arkansas has got basket. It was funny. I was I was talking with someone. Oh, it was Will East. He was telling me. So he was in um, Hot Springs over Thanksgiving. And the place that they were staying didn't have a TV or didn't have access or whatever. And so he was looking for a spot to watch the Egg Bowl. And so they went to... The, the racetrack in Hot Springs, because there's like a sports bar there. And, you know, all the TVs in the place are on the Arkansas basketball game. But there's nobody in the entire place. He's like, hey, could, could we turn one TV to um, to the Egg Bowl, you know, to ESPN so we could watch this when it comes on? They're, sure, they turned it on. Said a group of Arkansas fans came in shortly thereafter, and even his TV that they had already changed went back to Arkansas basketball. He says, I just had to sit there and wait until it ended. And finally, they they went to the Egg Bowl. But his point was, Arkansas fans are all in on basketball. Like, they completely aborted on football and turned their attention. And then you saw it with the crowd they had last week for the game against Duke. Holy cow. So maybe there's something for Arkansas fans to fall back on right now well, and their baseball team before their inevitable uh, coming up short in the postseason. Right. Right. I wasn't even going to take that shot. I mean, it just would have felt like piling on. I don't know what South Carolina's got to fall back on right now, though. Not much. Yeah. Hmm. Other uh, big portal guy. So Texas A&M has a metric ton of linemen hitting the portal every day. I mean, it's it's a mass exodus. They see if maybe Elko can hang on to a couple. But, I mean, the bidding war has begun for uh, for Nolan. 
and that'll be astronomical. Who, who all do we think is in the mix for him? Everybody? This is what I hate about reporting now, by the way. Like, they are recruiting reporting, I should say. Here's on three aggregating a 24-7 national guy. News. They call this news. Tennessee, Oregon, LSU, Georgia, Texas, and Michigan has emerged as potential landing spots for Walter Nolan, reports Steve Wiltfong at 24-7. So it's news that six schools have emerged as potential places that he could go? What? Are you... <laughs> what? Yeah. Everybody in college football will try to get him to visit their campus and pay him a lot of money to put on their uniform. Will he be the highest paid player in the transfer portal this year, or will it be a quarterback? Quarterback. You sure? Well, who's the quarterback? So, I mean, of the quarterbacks that are in right now, Dylan Gabriel, Gabriel, Cam Ward, I mean, those are the top McCord, two, right? Riley Leonard. McCord is it? I would say McCord and Leonard are tier below this, Kyle, those first Kyle two. Kyle McCord guys. is visiting Nebraska this week. That makes sense. So it's brilliant, actually. He no, knows what Nebraska is going to have to pay. Yeah. Like, coach, yeah. you said publicly, million, million and a half, two million. I went eleven and one as a starter this year. That's what's going to cost you to get me. But you knew that already. So let's just cut to the chase. It's brilliant, my McCord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ooh, is is a defensive? I mean, possibly he'll definitely one hundred percent be the most expensive non-quarterback. Like it won't even be close. Two commas, right? Yeah, I think. Oh, I think so. I mean, yeah, this is this is a seven-figure so. player. Big time. Yeah. Uh, the guy yeah. that lost the quarterback Easy. competition at Georgia, by the way, uh, Vandegrift, is off to Kentucky. Yeah. That one happened quickly. Very quickly. Like the second he had yeah. the, It's amazing how this happens. Just magically, the player hits the portal and boom, he's going to Kentucky. How does that happen? <laughs> so that is three in a row transfer quarterbacks for Kentucky. Correct. I don't think he's a one-year rental this time, though. No. No, no. Vandergrift's got some time. So that's good for them. That's the movement today. I mean, you're going to start seeing commitments coming soon. Guys are visiting. I mean, if you follow Lane Kiffin on Twitter, that that dude, I would love to know the the miles logged on whatever jet he's using, the non-trackable one. I, I assume he's taking the non-trackable one, but he tweets pictures of everywhere he goes. I mean, like in the last 48 hours, he's been in Indiana, Arkansas, Texas, Georgia, South Carolina. I mean, he's he's visiting all of these portal kids, like, all at once. I would love to know the mileage just the last two days. On the private jet? On, on the Yeah, on the private jet. Yeah. How about this message on the ceasefire text line? Do you guys ever listen to yourself? Where we are in college football is broken. I, I understand I your disagree. sentiment. I, I understand your sentiment, but I disagree. I'm going to push back. I don't think broken is the right word. I think it's different. There's no question that college football is different. An 11-1 second year in school, 
starting quarterback just transferred out of Ohio State. This is not your dad's or your granddad's or even us as kids' college football. But if you just embrace the fact that it's different and you watch the games this year, it ain't broken. It's it's different, but it's not broken. It's fun. I listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Hang all in this mistletoe. I'm gonna get to know you better. This Christmas and this one doesn't do much for me. Yeah. It's not the worst one. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for joining us. You can be a part of the conversation on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Eight seven nine four three nine five. Had basketball last night. Should we continue though with what we were talking about? We got a bunch of text on it. We certainly may. We, we yes, sure. Because there, there's a couple of things on because we get the the text that the little guy will never be able to compete anymore, and we talk about that ad nauseum. Although there there is something that has really bothered me about the discourse around the SEC this year. People keep saying the SEC's down this year. This was a down year in the SEC. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You're saying that because Ole Miss and Missouri were the two of the good teams in the SEC this year. That's why you think it's down. If Auburn had Ole Miss's record and Ole Miss had Auburn's record and Florida had Missouri's record and Missouri had Florida's record, the SEC wouldn't be down this year. That It's a helmet bias thing. Ole Miss and Missouri were good. That's why the SEC was down. You, you can't give them credit for being really good. No, it's just they're supposed to be down here, and when Auburn's good, the SEC is good. And that's crap. And I've seen that through all of this playoff discourse. Well, the SEC was down. No, just the helmets that you don't usually recognize at the top were at the top. Yeah, I think that narrative started when the ACC won a bunch of games against the SEC in the first month of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember the, the Pac-12 got off to that red-hot start. They had like one loss as a conference through three weeks or four weeks or something like that. And, and oh, the Pac-12. And, and then we got to about the halfway point. We're like, hold on a second. Are we sure the SEC is as bad as everybody wants to say it is? Exactly. And are we sure that the Pac-12 is as good as everybody wants to say it is? And maybe Duke just beat Clemson because Clemson's not very good. Or maybe Duke was pretty good. I mean, I think at the time Duke was pretty good and Clemson was not very good. Both kind of went the other direction the rest of the way. Um, and then the other component, the well, it's different, it's different, and fans hate it and it's different. And, and somebody talking about loyalty. Well, first of all, if 10 players from your team hit the transfer portal, that means 75 didn't. So I think you're really 
magnifying the ones that go and ignoring the ones that stay. But the point I make all the time is when the quarterback throws three interceptions, how loyal are you to him? You want him to get benched, right? Never play again. Kid's a bum. Well, loyalty's a two-way street. But materially, on the field this year, when you watch the games, did you think, ah, this isn't as good because the players aren't loyal anymore? All of this stuff that people complain about on the field is impossible to quantify. It doesn't show up. It doesn't materialize. And you've got teams like Ole Miss. We can keep using them as an example because they had a really good year. Ole Miss was a team that had a bunch of transfers on it, especially defensively. If the rumors are true, they as a group did not put up with anybody that wasn't about the team. If you had a bad attitude, the coaches didn't have to deal with it. The players did. It's a team filled with transfers, non-loyal guys, guys, a bunch of guys that got a lot of money. And if you acted out or if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, the team took care of it. Like they had a really good culture on a in a locker room filled with transfer guys. So just because they didn't start their career at Ole Miss doesn't mean they didn't buy into the team and the school and, and do things the right way and, and put on for you like Ole Miss teams have done in years past. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's bad. It, you just have to do it the right way. You have to do it, it correctly. It also has to do with winning, too. Of course. Like, you don't, like, if you're winning, you don't really mind that it's different. And if you're not, then it feels like it's broken. But the flip side of that is if you jump in the game the right way, you can flip a roster and flip the direction of a program in a season. Football used to be like turning a football program around used to be like turning around an ocean liner. It don't take a minute. Yeah. Yeah, as we talked about earlier in the show, that you know, a new coach would come in and it's like, well, he needs to get like three full recruiting classes in before you can really judge him. And those guys have got to be juniors and seniors before you know you really know what you got. You don't have that anymore. You know, you don't have that in any sport anymore. You've got this is you got you get one year. We need to see some improvement. Year two, you expect to be back winning games. Yeah. And if you're not, you got to question whether or not you got the right guy. Here's my question, though, about loyalty to a school. And and I know for some this is still important. But hey, Dad, give me a give me a nostalgic Mississippi State football player. When when State fans think, oh, that guy. I mean, that's Mississippi State through and through. John Bond. Sure. Eric Molds. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, John Bond. If you're a Mississippi State football fan and you watch John play from 1980 through the 1983 seasons, and you follow John, you still interact. I mean, you know that John is a bulldog to his core. And you have that in common with him. And and you, you feel like he loves it and believes in it the way you do. You do the same thing with an old this player. You know, who, who's who's the nostalgic Ole Miss player for you from... Let's just stick with the same name in the same position. Let's say John Darnell. Oh, I watched John Darnell play in the late 80s, 
into the early 90s. It's continued to be an Ole Miss fan. Part of the Ole Miss radio team now. Like, hey, he is Ole Miss to the core. And it feels like something you can identify with. That's going away, largely. There are exceptions. But you know what doesn't go away? The color of the jerseys on the field. And, and so it's, it's just a little bit of a shift. Right? Your, your loyalty becomes less to the players and more to the jersey, more to the school, whatever. And so guys come and go. doesn't mean you love your school any less. And so you just cheer for whoever's in the jerseys. It's like it doesn't even matter who they are. I, and I've, sounds... always said, I've always said that if we woke up tomorrow and flipped the rosters and Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins were Bulldogs and Will Rogers and Woody Marks were, were Rebels, everybody you think you ever said about Jackson Dart from a state fan, take it away. It never happened. We love that yeah. kid. And then Will Rogers, the worst. And... Why does a player have to be at your school for four years for you to love them and they love you back? Like Jacor Pearson. I know it's a very random name, but he transferred into Ole Miss, played wide receiver, yeah. uh, tried out, tried to get in the NFL. He's in the XFL now. May get a cup of coffee next year in the league. We'll see. But he went at Ole Miss for very long. Go Go to his Twitter page, and you'll see what he thinks about Ole Miss. He loves the place. Just because he wasn't born and developed a Mississippi kid that went to Ole Miss for four years and finally got his chance doesn't mean that that's not somebody that's loyal to you forever. And he did, he wasn't even that impactful. It's not like he was this great player, and so the fans showed him so much love that he couldn't... He was, he was just a, a college football player and, and did some good things at times, just had better players in front of him so he wasn't wide receiver one very often. But, but go look at what he thinks about you. And that same thing can apply to the players that are going to transfer into Mississippi State here soon? I'll give you, I'll give you two more examples real quick. Do you think Chance Campbell and Troy Brown have good things to say about Ole Miss? No doubt. One-year guys. Is Troy Brown two years? So he just won. They were both one. Both one years. Consecutive and, years. And Brown was injured. He wasn't hurt. He was injured all season and just played and just played. played and through played. it. If you got guys that play hard and play the right way and they win, you fall in love with them and it doesn't take long. It shouldn't. And if their experience was a winning experience, they're going to look back on it fondly. Does that mean that they, you know, wake up on Friday mornings during football season and sing the alma mater before they brush their teeth? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, hey, Dad sings the alma mater every morning. He doesn't just wait on Friday uh, until Fridays during football season. He wakes up, and the first thing he does when he rolls out of bed in the morning is sing the alma mater, and then he gets old with his day. Not everybody's going to do that, right? Not everybody. I thought everybody did that. I guess I guess I'm the only one. Only the no, you're not the only one. Only the truest of true, though. Anyway, it's a lot of discussion to say. Yeah, it's different. Still pretty fun, though, isn't it? 
feel it. Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Hour. Brian Brown is going to join us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. That will also serve as today's college football fix, which is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. The holiday sales event is going on, which means savings on the Ford vehicle of your choice at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So that's coming up to start the 5 o'clock hour. Long conversation here. Hey, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. With where we are in college football, different, hate it, love it, indifferent, whatever. But but the game's changed. We, we, we can all mm-hmm. agree with that. Does it feel to you like the playing field is leveling slightly? Like more teams have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Because teams can't, you know, used to be if if you were a four or five star player and you signed with Alabama or Georgia or whoever, and you weren't good or you weren't good enough to get on the field because they kept signing over you, you're just stuck. Now that kid gets in the portal and he ends up at Ole Miss, he ends up at Mississippi State, he ends up at another school and makes it makes an impact there. So that's why you know that's why you're seeing. The uh, you know, schools like Missouri and Ole Miss jump up a little bit this year because they were able to go into the transfer portal. What, what is Ole Miss this year without the transfer portal? I mean, you can't even begin to fathom what they are because they have so many on on the roster. Yeah. So, yeah, you know the, the days of you know yeah Alabama and Georgia and, and and LSU they'll still sign huge signing classes that'll be top five classes and all that. But we'll come back in two years and tell me how many of those guys are still on the roster and how many of them have found their way into starting lineups across the country at other schools. You know, one of the trends that we're seeing, and, and it's frustrating to ever lose an in-state guy, but the decision that a lot of guys are making, and I kind of saw this this year with games that I was calling, when they choose to transfer, they go back home. Or they go back mm-hmm. close to home. And so... Yeah. You've seen a lot of people on message boards say that. They're saying, you know, hey... You know, like the kid like Kanan Daniels, right? Committed to Florida. Well, I mean, we all know what's going to happen at Florida next season, right? We all know what's going to happen there. They're going to get a new coach. And so it becomes, well, maybe he'll come back. You can get him back at State. You can get him back to Ole Miss uh, when he gets in the portal. Yeah. And that's why you build those relationships. And yeah. you don't burn any bridges whether you get a guy or not because you never know what the future holds. Um, it, it's interesting because it, I, I saw a radio host in San Antonio because UTSA lost their best defensive player to the portal. He's going to play in the SEC, it looks like. Um, and it, he was just bemoaning the idea that, well, programs like UTSA, AAC programs are just going to become the minor leagues. And I understand where that thought comes from, right? Because he's losing his, they're losing their best player to the SEC. It's true. Yeah. But yeah. there are a bunch of dudes on SEC rosters that don't play, that could transfer to the AAC and become a menace. 
an absolute menace. So if you are are mad that SEC teams are tampering with your player, why don't you tamper back? Look at their depth chart. Look at this four-star linebacker that's riding the pine right now and say, hey, man, you're not playing at Ole Miss. I, I can start. I can start you here. You can play a ton. And we still put guys in the NFL. So would you rather ride the bench there or come here and play? And no, it's not the same. But, uh, again, a third-string linebacker in the SEC is a quality starter in the AAC. So go get them. Borky, it's funny. UTSA was one of the two programs I was actually thinking about benefiting from guys coming back home. UTSA and Tulane were the two that I think of. A lot of Louisiana kids leave, go other places. They don't come back necessarily to LSU, but they come back to Tulane. They're older, they're more mature, they want to play play it out closer to home. UTSA, same way. They had a bunch of guys on their roster that were from San Antonio or Houston or other parts of Texas that came back home. They weren't coming back home to Austin. They weren't coming back home to College Station. They wanted to play in Texas, and so UTSA benefited. It's a two-way street. It absolutely is. And I get the frustration, and we got a message a second ago that said, hey, the, the thing that gives me heartburn about the portal is a guy, here, here it is, here's my heartburn with the transfer portal. Hurston Waldrop spent two years learning a changeup and how to control a slider from Southern Miss's pitching coach, and then he portals over to UF and sells those skills, and they ride his arm to Omaha. Yeah, there's a downside to it. There's a downside to it. It stinks. It just does. The same principle applies, though. There's a guy, I know Southern Miss fans won't like this comparison, but I promise you there's a guy that won't start at Ole Miss that could be in your rotation at Southern Miss. Like, their four starter? Go get him. Play the game. Or Arkansas. Or Florida. Ole Miss is an example. And the other thing is, like, you know, maybe you look at Hurston Walter and be like, you know, it really stinks that we lost him. We got two great years out of him. Great years. Not Mississippi State. Say what? Can't, can't, don't don't come don't come to Mississippi State for a pitcher. They don't have. It's just in the current current form. Come on, there've been a lot of really just good say it right now. Years. Right now, not the time. Okay, five o'clock Long hour. Ryan ago. Brown from uh, the next round live will join us to start the five o'clock hour coming up. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you, 5 o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi, rolling on, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations, Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Book your tee time online at Dancing Rabbit Golf or give them a call today. All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Ryan Brown joins us to start the 5 o'clock hour today for... The college football fix. Ryan Brown from the next round live. Uh, hey, bud, good to visit. It's been a little while. Are we good? We're good. Ryan, what's up? Nope. We're not good. 
No. It didn't work. We're not good. Wow. I'm going to call you. Why don't we just call him? We'll hang up the video. We'll go back to the normal screen, and we'll uh, we'll just call Ryan Brown. Uh, technically, it did not work out. Not his fault. Probably our fault. Probably Borky's fault. Or, hey, Dad, when you uh-huh. were in Jackson yesterday, did you screw something up? Uh, no. Okay. I'd I thought like about it for a second, but I didn't. You, you might have gotten in there and kind of messed with things and pressed the buttons that you weren't supposed to press. No, I'm not a button presser. There he is, Ryan Brown, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Hello, my friend. Hello, Richard. I um, I spun the wheel and it landed on Haydad. I'm living Haydad for this. I, I it's kind of what I did as well. He was in Jackson yesterday, and I feel like he did oh, like a happy dance on the on the board or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, hey, just so and I hate to produce this on the air any more than we already have, but since I'm phone with you, I can do two segments if you would like to make up for the fact that I'm not on video. Aren't you a nice guy? I try. Very, oh, and, and Borky put the uh, handsome picture of you at the bar up, where you got oh, your sleeves man, that, rolled up, and you kind of leaned back at the big grin yep. on your face. He did you right. Yeah, a little, little bit of a crotch shot on that, but Borky can uh, crop <laughs> I covered it. Like. Yep, yep. You got hate that to giggle. <laughs> He's got that blurred out. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to, trying to keep it family-friendly, but hey, that's okay. That's oh, okay. Man. Ryan, I feel like we've done it again. We, uh, What's that? We, well, we're in July. We rewind, and we're like, yeah, I just don't know. So many question marks about this Alabama team. What are they going to be at quarterback? Lost some key pieces on the defense. Not sure about this offensive line. And then we're into a, like three weeks into the season, and they barely beat South Florida. And now we've got Alabama back in the college football playoff, just like everybody thought was going to be the case. It's wild, isn't it? And the craziest part of it is – um, what started out the season as Alabama's weakness, their offensive line and their quarterback play, yeah. turned out to be the strength right now. And that is um, that's pretty remarkable to think about when you think that this Alabama team took a fairly obvious weakness and now they really play to their offensive line and their quarterback who, against all odds, is probably going to, he's got a shot at being a top five Heisman finalist. And, um, I would like to take any of us back to early to mid-September and try to show you that possibility. It, it's as remarkable of a development of a player in season as I can remember seeing. I agree. And I'm not trying to like be a prisoner of the moment. Like I, I've really thought about it. And I, I can't think of a guy that has made that big of a jump on the field during the year than, than what Jalen Milrow did this year. Well, the crazy thing is, it may not even be the biggest jump on the field, honestly, and I don't blame anybody for maybe not immediately picking up on this if you don't watch Alabama every week, but Caden Proctor, the left tackle, was getting quarterbacks killed to start the year. Like, Milrow was having to run for his life, or Buckner, or Ty Simpson, or whoever was in there. They couldn't run that way. And that guy has been locked down of late. I don't know what happened. The offensive line, I can't, I don't know enough football to explain this as to why. But they went to Jaden Roberts at one of the guards, and when they did that, all of a sudden something gelled in that offensive line, and it became, like I said, a, a – uh, I mean, it became something they played towards. They're able to line up and run the ball effectively. Um, Milrow is more of a willing runner now, and they do some cold runs for him like they did – 
to seal off the uh, SEC championship game. Um, and it has just made everything better. Um, I don't know. It's, it's almost like a switch flip sometime around the Ole Miss or Tennessee game, and this was just a different team from that point on. We mentioned Haydad a second ago. He thinks that not only does Alabama beat Michigan in the Rose Bowl, he thinks it's not particularly close. Haydad, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Am I, am I sharing that correctly? That is an accurate assessment of my prediction. Is he crazy for thinking that, Ryan? I've said the same exact thing, hey, Dad. Um, I'm no longer blaming you for our issues earlier. It's now Borky because, hey, Dad, is clearly smart. <laughs> I, um, I said the same thing. I, some of that, and I think I bet you, hey, Dad, is probably thinking the same way I am, is that I have just seen this Big Ten versus SEC in the playoffs enough to know that when these Big Ten teams look like, oh, no, this is not your normal Big Ten. They're big, big Ten teams. They're bigger and they're faster than a normal Big Ten team, and they go against real SEC speed. It just shows up. I don't think they've seen a quarterback like Jalen Milrow. And I know they've, they've supposedly seen good defenses like Penn State and Iowa and Ohio State. Put me down for being skeptical that those have the – Overall, sideline to sideline, athletes and depth that and speed that Alabama does. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Hey Dad. I'm I'm inclined to think Michigan's favored one and a half here. Bama getting points in white uniforms. That is normally you're not going to go broke betting that one, my friend. So different, but same. I'm thinking about this matchup between Ole Miss and Penn State in the Peach Bowl. And I know Ole Miss wants to forget its most recent Peach Bowl memory. I mean, 2014 against TCU, that was not a good day. In fact, we've actually erased that day from the calendar. It never, it never actually even happened. But since then, I've seen Ole Miss play a Big Ten team in a bowl game, and it was weird. It was the COVID year. It was Indiana. But Ole Miss was a shell of itself. They had opt-outs. Elijah Moore didn't play in that game. You had John Rice Plumley, who decided to be a wide receiver like two weeks before the bowl game. But the disparity in speed was remarkable in that game. And I just wonder if it's going to be the same thing when Ole Miss lines up against Penn State. Oh, I do think so, yeah. And, and here's the interesting thing. You know, I think both those teams want to line up and run the football, and I think Ole Miss is so much better at it than Penn State. And, you know, that Penn State defense, when they were faced with more talented teams, Michigan, Ohio State, they looked mortal. Um, they weren't that dominant shutdown defense. I mean, look at what Michigan did to them in the second half. They lined up in state college and didn't throw a pass and just ran it right down their throat. And I know Michigan is a really good football team, but I am inclined to believe if Michigan can line up and run it right down Penn State's throat, Ole Miss can roughly do the same thing. I really like Ole Miss in this matchup. Now, as you know, bowl games are tough, man. You never know who's locked in, who's opted in, and who's not. Yeah. Um, but if if this is an Ole Miss team that is focused, I, I really like them in this spot against Penn State. Ryan, I, I mean, look, I I could be talking out of my rear end here, and and I don't I don't mean to be. I don't think Ole Miss is going to have any opt outs. I think they yeah. look at next year as okay. You got Jackson Dart coming back, and. You probably got Quinshawn Judkins coming back, and you're going to have some pieces on defense. And, you know, I think they're looking to that 12 team playoff next year as like the bowl game is the launching point for that. Now, maybe that's naive. I don't know. Maybe that's completely crazy, and they hang out way later than they should the night before the game, and it turns into a disaster. 
I don't think it's going to be that way, though. Uh, I mean, you would you would obviously be closer to that part of it than me, but if that is the case, if that is true, um, I really do like Ole Miss in that spot. I don't know what Penn State will have out that wise either, but if it's, if it's locked in versus locked in, I like Ole Miss in that game. And if for whatever reason Penn State struggles to get locked in, and Ole Miss is, it could actually, like, hey, Dad, and I think the Rose Bowl goes, could actually get ugly. Yeah. I'm I'm all for that. I have no issue whatsoever with that. <laughs> hey, Dad, hey, Dad's just predict, predicting it. He doesn't actually want it to happen. I I'm, right. I am for it. Yeah, um, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that that makes Hey Dad's prediction carry a lot more weight that he's doing that clearly with his head, not his heart. Yeah. Have we got about a minute until the break? Let me let me ask you about Auburn. I'm not a homer like Richard. <laughs> right. Right. That's that's it. <laughs> Uh, are Auburn fans fired up about their bowl game? Like I, I see this roller coaster at the end of the year with New Mexico State, and then almost against Alabama, and it feels like almost was a win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It does kind of feel that way. But then there's always that. My God, what defense were we playing at the end of the game that they like to ask? There's that. Great. Uh, it was bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're excited in the sense that. You know, you're in Nashville. It's a chance to see Auburn play football again. Their fans are good about, you know, um, supporting the team, even if it's not a New Year's Six Bowl. So I think there'll be a good crowd there. What are the expectations? I have no idea. That's another one where, you know, Justin Hokinson of On3 was on the show today with us, and uh, he painted a picture where you could have a lot of opt-outs on that Auburn secondary, which would um, – that would be alarming against Talia Tungabaloa. Um, if he and does in fact play and is not in the transfer portal as some have rumored he would be. Ryan, hold um, that thought. We'll be back right after this. Yep. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Hey guys! What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Carols roll on. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Wednesday afternoon, the 6th of December. Quick programming note, if you're waiting with bated breath on Haydad's um, advisory surfaces when it comes to uh, sports wagering, then uh, one segment from now you'll get the uh, PTG Outdoors Fishy Line of the Week. That's coming up in our next segment, but right now we continue with Ryan Brown talking college football with uh, an SEC focus, let's talk about some of the hires um, in the SEC. Let's start in, in Starkville. Your thoughts on on Jeff Levy to Mississippi State? Make sense? Skeptical? Slam dunk? Home run? How, how do you classify this one? Well, I think it makes sense in the fact that clearly you've said with what you've done with Zach Arnett that you want to be a more offensive-focused team, not a defensive-focused team. So, Mike Leach's don't grow on trees, and if you wanted to go back to that style, there are not many disciples out there available that fit right. So why not just go get a good offensive coach? Maybe not the guy that runs the Mike Leach, you know, air raid, but he's still a good offensive coach. And I've always been fascinated by Levy. Um, when he left, you know, you always wondered was were most of the play calls were they Lane Kiffin, were they Jeff Levy? I was fascinated to see when it was obviously his offense. Not playing, not coaching for an offensive head coach, but a defense and what it looked like. Their offense was really good. That was never their problem in Oklahoma. Their problem was defense. So um, 
I, I like Levy. I've always been fascinated by him, and I like the fact that he's got the Mississippi ties having been at State, or excuse me, at Ole Miss. And uh, I think that will benefit him in the recruiting there at State. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I am fascinated by this, uh, by this move. I think it's a really, really good move. We had a we had a great moment on the show earlier today, Ryan. We were talking about the announcement that Coleman Hutzler had been announced yeah. as co-defensive coordinator at uh, Mississippi State. And hey, Dad, I, I'll just let you say it again. I, I was like, your first reaction to Coleman Hutzler as defensive coordinator, and you said what? Who? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and, you know. I follow college football pretty closely. Never heard of the guy. Yeah. Well, when you found out um, he had been anointed by Saban, was that better for you, hey, Dad? Has he been anointed? Has, has, has the oil been spread upon his forehead and he was given the blessings? Well, I don't think you coach like a smart full was? season there without that. I don't think you coach a full season there mm-hmm. without that, right? You get excommunicated. Um, That's it. So, I mean, I don't. I'm not going to pin Hey Dad like I know a ton about him. Um, you know, uh, I think his position group performed very well, um, both of the outside linebackers and the special teams. So if you want to judge it that way, I thought they were pretty good. Yeah. What do you make of what's happening at Texas A&M right now? Uh, Mike Elko comes in, uh, putting that staff together. Some pretty high-profile players getting into the portal. That was probably going to happen regardless of who was there. Did, did they land where they needed to land in uh, in college? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I thought Elko was always the um, the safe hire, right? He was always the guy you knew was going to say yes. He came back to him. Now that does not mean he was. You know, I don't. I don't know for certain, and I don't know that anybody will ever know exactly how the Mark Stoops still played out. So I hate to make it sound like I think. Um, he was the second or third choice. I'm not trying to say that, but I do think he was a guy you always knew you were going to get a yes out of. Um, I, I, the Colin Klein hire at offensive coordinator is a really interesting one to me. Um, that has been, you know, Chris Kleiman's offenses have by and large been really good and really good at running the football. So um, he, he was thought to be a good young up-and-coming offensive coordinator, and you steal him away for your first staff. I, I thought that was a pretty good hire. You know what, Elko is going to bring you defensively. So uh, matching him up with a hot young offensive coordinator, um, I think it'll make them interesting to watch. It just feels like new life for them on offense, not the same old Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Petrino stuff they got this year that seems so old and outdated. And then there's Bobby Petrino going back to Fayetteville. Yeah, so wild, isn't it? I mean, what a full circle moment for that guy to uh, to make it back to Fayetteville and. I mean, you know, part of me watched him at, at Texas A&M, and you wonder, am I getting a whole Bobby Petrino, or was I getting a lot of Jimbo Fisher? I'm inclined to think you were getting a lot of Jimbo Fisher there through right. Bobby Petrino. So, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say uh, Petrino's lost his fastball and he'll never recover. Um, but, boy, I never thought I'd see him trying to recover at Arkansas. I mean, that's what's crazy about it, is him being back at Arkansas. I thought that ship had sailed forever. So... I mean, it just shows you, man, in college football, I guess the door is never closed, is it? I, I suppose not. I mean, we, we've always said that about the NFL. You know, once you get into that NFL yeah. assistant pool, you've got a job forever. Uh, I mean, it, yep. it kind of seems incestual almost. And uh, 
maybe that's maybe that's the case in college as well. Um, can you give me a rational reason that Dallas Turner was named SEC Defensive Player of the Year over Buki Watson at Mississippi State? Um, that he played for Alabama, so he was on TV more. Okay. I is mean, that rational or is that I mean, that makes as much sense as anything? Because I mean, it can't be numbers based. Yeah. Um, and I think Turner's really good. I mean, he's deserving of it, right? I mean, there just may be a guy that's more deserving of it. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he's I'm, really good. He had he had yeah. fifty tackles, and Buki Watson had one hundred and eighteen or something. I mean, that's wild. Now, I mean, I, I you know. I don't know. It's a great question. It's not one, I'm going to be honest with you, it's not one I've stopped and pondered. I gave you my gut reaction answer, which in hindsight I don't know is a terrible answer, right? Um, no, but, no. I, uh, I mean, I think that, that answer, Ryan, makes as much sense as any when yeah. when you'd be like, how did that happen? And this was, you know, theoretically the coaches that are, are voting on this award. but uh, Which means the sports information directors. I'm sorry, I shorted Nathaniel Watson 19, 137 tackles, 13 TFLs, 10 sacks, and an interception. Now, they are playing, obviously, different positions, right? So, you know, there is some apples to oranges comparison in numbers, but that is a significant difference in tackles. Yeah, yeah it is. Um Visiting with, uh, with Ryan Brown on the Farm Bureau guest line just for uh, another minute or two. Is Alabama – I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to say they're the favorite to win this whole thing. Oh, they are. I would make them the favorite. You can do it to me. Really? Yeah, I would make them the favorite. I think um, – I think you know what I think they'll do to Michigan, and I think um, – though Texas has obviously improved, um, I think Alabama has come miles on both sides of the football from that September game. And I just um, – I think it'll be a different game. I think um, I think Alabama's the favorite to win it all. not – sitting here saying they'll definitely do it. But, um, you know, look, they're the second favorite by the uh, odds right now. Now, I'll be interested to see. I don't know what a uh, – I know Haydad handles your uh, your sports book there. I don't I don't know what the point spread would be Alabama versus Texas. I would imagine Alabama's favorite in that one. Uh, I don't know by how much, but um, they are currently second in odds to win this thing. And not that far behind Michigan. And if I think they're going to beat Michigan that way, I don't know how they wouldn't be the favorite going into the Texas game or Washington. I mean, we just we sit here and assume Texas beats Washington, don't we? Um, so I think Alabama would be the favorite, obviously, over either one of those teams. Yeah, I, I told Hey Dad and Borky yesterday, I was like, I try not to live with a lot of regrets, but I sat there on Friday afternoon last week and kept looking at that money line number for Washington at 345, and I'm like, they're undefeated, and they've already beaten them, and that's a lot of value. And I didn't pull the trigger, and so, you know, maybe a little bit of a regret there. But, yeah, Washington's really good, and it feels like kind of count them out at your own peril. But it does feel like we're on a crash course for Bama-Texas round two in Houston. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. That's why I just kept, re- you know, referring to it being Alabama playing Texas, because it just it feels like it makes so much sense. Uh, which probably means we'll see Michigan and Washington play when we start thinking that way. Maybe so. Maybe so. Ryan, always appreciate your time. It's been too long. Great catching up, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Always. I apologize for the uh, for the, uh, the issues earlier, but it's always great talking to you guys, no matter how we do it. I don't think that was your issue. I think it was ours. We'll talk soon. That's Ryan Brown from right, the next see- round live.
Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, listen to their show wherever you want to, streaming and YouTube. and Don't absolve him from blame. You think it was his fault? It's So sometimes uh, I've learned on certain computers, the computer will auto-block the audio input if you're not using headphones or anything, that it'll just automatically mute it. I think that's what happened there. Okay. Because during all that, I was I double, triple checking to make sure everything was in order. We even have like, like a guide to go by. All, all was, all was the case. I think that just may have been a computer saying no without us knowing that it was saying no. It's yeah, well, it happens. Hey, Dad, his over. reasoning for Dallas Turner is about as good as any, right? Yep, that's the only answer. That that is the correct reason. He, he plays for Alabama. a red helmet with a white stripe down the middle with a number on the side. That's, that's, the, that's the only reason it could have happened. Yeah. Uh, good conversation. So now Mississippi State can say their new defensive coordinator coached the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Put that on a graphic. Huh? They huh? Might, Make it work in your favor. Borky, they Make it work might. in your favor. Yeah. Fishy line of and the And special week. teams player of the year. We will turn to the NFL for that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Okay. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Don't yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. The fourth annual Holly Jolly Holidays is ongoing. That means you've got the skating rink open until January the 7th. That is at the Oxford City Pavilion, the old Armory Pavilion at the corner of Bramlett Boulevard and University Avenue. For information about the ice rink and everything else that is happening in and around Oxford this time of year, go to their website, visitoxfordms.com, or follow along on social media at visitoxfordms. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. We, um, we had been doing this on Tuesday, but we pushed it back a day. Couple of reasons. One, we got a little busy. And two, we wanted to get a little bit deeper into the week before we get set for NFL games and see if there was any movement because it is now time for the fishy line of the week. Fishy line of the week is brought to you by PTG Outdoors. And boy, have they got you covered this holiday season. A lot of stuff going on, uh, including boats. So. If you're looking for a boat, they got you covered. They got fishing boats. In fact, they sell Camus boats. And you can go to Camus's website and kind of see their full line. Primarily, the PTG Outdoors Camus boats are, are bass boats. And they are beautiful, and they are fast, and they are customizable, and all of those things. But Camus does more than just sell bass boats. 
Borky, you, you want one of those center console fishing boats? Yeah, I do. I know you do. And they got the different varieties. They got the V hole. They got the catamaran hole. They've got the, the lower profile kind of flat hole that you can get into some different spots. They're so cool. Uh, Camus makes those, and uh, they are reliable. Um, fishing and duck hunters as well. Mercury Motors, PTG Outdoors is your authorized sales and service center for Mercury. Uh, you got the boats, and they'll take care of you. So if you've got an outdoorsman in your life, bottom line is this. If you've got an outdoorsman in your life, they're probably hard to buy for. They like their stuff. They like their brands. So you want to make sure if you're trying to go down that road, you get a good gift. Well, trust Brandon uh, at PTG Outdoors. He will make sure that you are not in the doghouse on Christmas. In fact, it'll be uh, it'll be quite the opposite. They will, um, uh, Brandon or Ron, either one, they can help you out, and they'll make you look really, really smart with the outdoor equipment that your significant other does. PTG Outdoors locations in Grenada and Greenville. Fishy line of the week. Hey, Dad, you got yours? I do. I I've do. got one. Uh, we might all one? have the same one because there's there's one that really stands out this Sunday. I am okay. going to Soldier Field in the Windy City. That's the one. Where the Detroit Lions are only a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Chicago Bears. Detroit is nine and three on the year. They're five and one on the road this season. The Bears have only won two of their five home games. And the Lions fans will take over the stadium. It'll be away from home, but the crowd won't be. Mm. Something doesn't smell right there. Detroit should be a bigger favorite than three and a half in this yeah. game. Golf has been kind of stinky lately. But fishy, stinky, or just like no? I mean, it's just been kind of stinky. Okay, but I mean, three and a half points is shockingly low. Like that makes no sense. I can't wrap my mind around it. And I know this: if Derek Carr doesn't get hurt, the Saints come back and beat the Lions last week from being down twenty-one nothing after three offensive series. But still, th- there's no way that Detroit should go in there and lose, or Speaking or lose shocking. by that win by that little. I, I got something shocking for you in just a second. Hey, Dad, same game or different game? Hmm. Different game. First off, when you look at this uh, these lines, I think you realize how much crap there is on this TV every Sunday. These games are awful. Who wants to watch any of these games? Like, what? what's the game of the week here in the NFL? What is it? I guess you got Eagles, Cowboys. That's Bills, Chiefs, and then you got Eagles, Cowboys. I mean, these games are awful. Bucks, Falcons, gross. Saints, Panthers, uh, Colts, Bengals. Oh my, these are just awful games. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I take a. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge Patriot hater, but you know, when you win however many titles they won, six, seven, I don't know. Eventually, it's got to come back around. We got to regress to the mean a little bit here, and that's what's happening right now. And uh, boy, they are awful. Have they. they are awful. Mac Jones, absolutely putrid. Uh, just, just not good. Just not good. There's no other way to put it. Um, they're just not a good team at all. They may not score in this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Steelers only a six point favorite. I think they'll win that game by double digits pretty easily. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the one that stands out to me. I, I know the Steelers aren't the best the best offense, but they've been better since they fired Matt Canada. Uh, but the the Patriots are just gross. To to Haydad's point about gross games, listen to the get in the door ticket prices. All right, so you got both ends of the spectrum here. You've got that Eagles Cowboys Sunday night game where it's going to cost you one hundred and sixty nine dollars to sit in the upper deck, and that's after you pay like. 100 bucks for parking and the whole deal. All right, so that's a hot ticket. Bills Chiefs, $148 to sit out in the cold and watch that one. Uh, the Raiders ticket is expensive. 176 to get in the door for Vikings Raiders. But we kind of think of the NFL as being an expensive league. Listen to these. We go to Patriots Steelers on Thursday night, 34 bucks. Bucks Falcons 37. Colts, Bengals, eh, okay, 67. Jags in Cleveland to take on the Browns. The Jaguars are 8 and 4. Cleveland is 7 and 5, and you can get in the door to watch that game for $14. You can get into the Superdome Sunday to watch the Saints and the Panthers for $14. Yeah, the, in fairness, maybe they should pay you fourteen dollars to go. Yeah. But yeah, Mickey Loomis had free bowl of jambalaya as tone deaf of a quote about. So there were more Lions fans in the dome than Saints fans on Sunday, and Mickey Loomis was asked about that, and his response was about the economy and how the economy is hurting Saints fans. So they're they're yeah. selling their tickets, and it's it, it, no no Mickey. You know, if the economy was bad, there wouldn't have been 30,000 Lions fans traveling from Detroit to go to the Dome, you not intelligent person. Um, it's because the fans are sending you a message. You hired a bum as a head coach, and you got a bum as a quarterback. And I tried to be nice when you guys were excited, or at least pretending to be excited about it when it happened the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm not going to take this from somebody that doesn't watch them play. Yeah, what do you know? You don't. Haydad doesn't even watch them play anymore. Well, but he's not the one calling him a bum. No, look, they need. He's terrible. He was bad when they got him. He's worse now. I don't think the numbers would call him terrible. Yeah, he was okay. You, you you can win. Player. You can win with him if you have the not right a Super setup. Bowl, and if you can't win a Super Bowl with him, what's the point in getting him? If you don't think you could win a Super Bowl with that guy, why do you go after him in free agency? Because who would they have played otherwise? Jameis? Would they be worse than five and seven? Uh yeah. Have you watched it again? Probably so. You, you yeah. went yes. They would be. The, the coaching coordinator Wait, needs hold to be on, hold on. Is this the part where I don't watch enough NFL, so you're gonna tell me how wrong I am about how bad the Saints are? No, this specific team. This team. You bl- blaming it, what people are doing, and you're falling into the same trap that Saints media is falling into. They're blaming everybody else but the problem. The problem is Pete Carmichael, and the problem is Dennis Allen. We we have years yeah, of I mean, sample I, size. I with but, I mentioned but, Dennis Allen just a second ago. But that's ago. the problem. It's quarterbacks have changed under those guys. They've had different quarterbacks, same results. They've had different rosters, same results. Different receivers, same results. Different defenses, same results. It's all the same. 
But everybody there locally is like feeding into this, oh, well, maybe the team's too old. No, it's, there's one constant. And, and to hear Mickey Loomis, the, the guy that has kept this around and not demanded change or anything, or made any changes, talk about the economy and not the fans are dissatisfied with the product so they're not going to financially support it, just shows exactly how removed from reality the people there are. Yes. I 100% agree with that. Derek Carr is a extremely average NFL quarterback. Yeah. But but you can go to the playoffs with Derek Carr. In that division, you ought to be able to. If you're coached well enough. Yeah, well, yeah. here we are. And they still may go to the playoffs. They're a game out of winning the division. They'll, they'll win Sunday, and but yes, yeah, the economy, sure. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Michael Borky's sad now. We'll be back right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. The fireplace is burning bright, shining all on me. I see the presents underneath the good old Christmas tree. And I wait on light till Santa comes to wake me from my dreams. Oh, I. That's Christmas to me. Am I letting this one go too long, Borky? No, I've, this texture's kind of frustrating me. Oh. Uh, uh. Oh, before you do that, before you do that, I want to remind you, the Fishing Line of the Week was brought to you by PTG Outdoors. And uh, one of our all-time favorite texters sends us a message and says, I actually had Brandon and crew install some electronics on my boat. They did a top-notch job. Very, very professional group of guys. I need to change his name. He, he's he's come around as a texter of this show. Yeah, you you guys didn't uh, you didn't hit it off so well because he was a clown. <laughs> do, do you know what his actual name is? I don't. His, I oh. don't. No. Guy, I told so, him I was like, I'm going to put your name as clown in here, and he said, Okay, fine, you, do it. You, you, so you've here been we are. Clown in the text line forever, and if you want to stay that way. Uh, that'll be fine. If you want your actual name, Borky will change it. He's, he says you have earned the right to have a yes. real name and not uh, not be Bozo or Cookie anymore. That's right. No, but this uh, this other one, I, I... Did you watch it growing up, hey, Dad? Of course. Are you convinced that you always, would have made all I'll... six ping pong balls in the buckets? No, man, I, that, the, the, the last one always looked difficult. It did. That Schwinn bike they yeah. were giving away, though, was... I mean, that thing was shiny. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, boy, he has no idea what we're not a clue. No idea, not even a little. No clue. Bozo no clue. the clown. It was on WGN, live right. live kids game show out of Chicago, Borky. Yeah. And if you go back and look at pictures of Bozo and Cookie now, you will go. Those are two of the creepiest looking things that have ever existed on planet Earth. But kids loved them. Loved it. So their yeah. grand prize game at the end was a it was a uh, ping pong ball toss. You had six buckets that were lined up in a row, and you know, you toss a ping pong ball into the first bucket and win a prize. Second bucket, bigger prize. Third bucket, if you got all the way to the last bucket, which was you know like six or eight feet away from you, you had to toss a ping pong ball in there and get it to stay. 
You want a new bicycle. Nice. Yeah. Did, they, I can't didn't, tell you how many times many bikes away. the kid would miss the first bucket, and I would just be like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, they have like a little kid. Yeah. Just wouldn't wouldn't do it right. And it's like, you just got to stand over it. Just drop it just in. Drop it in there, schmuck. Um, yeah. 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 Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. It looks so good, you can even wear it to the Christmas party. When Scary Gary's wearing a sport coat, Hey Dad still just wears his Genteel pullover and looks great. Genteel. Genteelapparel.com. Uh, summer stuff, I, I don't know why. I threw on shorts today. And uh, I got the Genteel shorts uh, rocking today. Got the golf shirts, got the pullovers, got the whole deal. You're going to love it. If you haven't tried them, just do us a favor. Give them a try. If you don't like, I'll tell you what. Nah, I can't make that guarantee. Never mind. I just think you're going to really, really <laughs> like it. Uh, and you can get 10% off Richard, of Richard out here trying to give away free gear. I was about to say, if you don't like it, send it back and they'll make you whole. I'm not going to promise that on their behalf. I will tell you their customer service is absolutely second to none. Genteel apparel. Ole Miss basketball won last night. They beat uh, Mount St. Mary's. They are now 8-0. Their next game is against UCF on Sunday afternoon on the road. Price of poker going up a little bit. UCF 80 in the Ken Palm. That would be a good road win for Ole Miss. Chris Beard was not really all that pleased with the way his team played last night. I, I think he wanted to see like a, a maturity step forward. He said as much in the postgame. He thought they just kind of ho-hummed it in the ball game last night. It was you hadn't had a chance to listen to it. Maybe we'll I don't know, maybe we'll play it for you tomorrow. Uh or you can go online. It's good to be able to ho hum it and win though. It is. No, no, there's there's no question about that. Almost hey, ho humming it last year would have lost by twenty. Perhaps. It it is interesting to to hear because he hadn't said that after they've played close games against bad teams this year and, and won them and, and last night. I, I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing the line a little bit, but he said something like, you know, they may be happy in there with a nine-point win, but they shouldn't be because I'm not. Yeah. He talked a lot about expectations. He said, I have very, very high expectations for Ole Miss basketball. And not just for my players and not just for the coaches, but for the fans. He said, we're going to win sooner than people realize. He said this in his post-game show. He said, we're not that far from every game we play. Regardless of conference game, big game, non-conference game, Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock, Wednesday night, Saturday night, whatever, this place being sold out and on fire. And he said it's going to come sooner than people realize. He said, but I will not compromise. He said, my expectations are not going to change, so they're going to have to get in line with my expectations. Uh, it was pretty compelling stuff Yeah, in there, in there last night. Um, but a win. Uh, a win for Ole Miss to get to 8-0, and uh, big challenge. Hey, quickly, Bobby in Batesville wants to know what your beef was with the texter. Oh, I, I wasn't saying that the economy is good. That's not what I'm saying, or coming anywhere close to that. Yes, I do have to get gas and pay for groceries, and my medical insurance keeps going up, just less and less affordable. Every time I get a new letter, I'm saying the Saints general manager blaming the economy on why there were more Lions fans in the Dome is ridiculous. It's because the Saints fans don't want to support your team. There's a difference. But the economy. The economy. It's the economy, stupid. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you tomorrow afternoon. Good night. Oh, it's incredible! 
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.